Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. As part of Plug Your Passion this week, I'm going to mention Salu, Gentle Birth with Ashing. So Ashing has recently set up her own practice as a gentle birth instructor in County Clare. She experienced firsthand the benefits of hypnobirthing and gentle birth with her own pregnancy as she suffered with anxiety and felt that they were completely eradicated by the knowledge and confidence she developed thanks to both hypnobirthing and gentle birth. She's kindly offering the Ireland's Birth Stories listeners a 10% discount off her workshops, both um, single and a uh, couple workshops so I'll pop up all the details including the cost um, and all the links to her so her email and her Instagram page I'll pop them up on my own website today. In this week's episode I chat to Claire and she talks me through her three pregnancies and births. Claire opted to go down the midwife-led unit route with her first pregnancy and was later transferred to the consultants as her little baby's heart rate wasn't recovering after contraction so she talks us through um, that birth and then she talks us through her second birth which was lovely and she considers really healing. She then dives into her third uh, pregnancy and birth which was the pregnancy itself was a little bit uh, traumatic at the le- later stages but her birth again although it was through covid um, and there was restrictions there she said it was still a very positive experience and yeah i love the details that she goes into and and how quick it actually happened for her because her second stage of labor goes very quick so i hope you enjoy this week's episode Claire, you're very welcome to the ireland's birth stories podcast if you want to just start by giving us a little introduction to you and your family yeah, so I'm Claire. I'm married to Damien. Um, we live in County Louds and we have three children. So we have Olivia, who's five, Donal is three, and Maeve is will be six months next week. Um, and um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and was your first pregnancy with Olivia? Was it that yeah. planned? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So we um had started building a house so we decided that we should have a baby as well we decided to be those people off grand designs that you see that you're like why why would you do have, have, <laughs> yeah. build a house and have a baby at the same time so um 
yeah so yeah no we were we were delighted then when we were expecting her so and it was great it was a, such an easy pregnancy there was no drama with it really I had a scan in the early pregnancy unit that was the only thing um I had a slight bleed very early on it was really slight it was minor like um so we just had um a scan then just to, to be on the safe side but other than that it was plain sailing the whole way through like and you felt well then throughout yeah I was knackered <laughs> but I was wasn't sick like or anything like thank heavens like like I have a friend and she was sick the entire time like until literally she gave birth <laughs> so I was really lucky and what route did you decide to go down care wise so did you decide to go private semi-private or public no so I was public so that there's a midwifery led unit um so oh, great they normally I think if everything is going well would put you into the midwifery led clinic so um I was in that so I didn't have any reason to go private um because I really wanted to be in the midwifery um led care um I really wanted to have kind of as little intervention as possible um so yeah so that's that's where we went with that and what was your first sign of going into labor then um I don't know now when I think back to it. Um, I think I was in denial <laughs> for, for a little bit. So I remember I was, so um, Olivia is a Christmas baby. So she was due the 19th of December and she was born the day after St. Stephen's Day. So I think I remember on St. Stephen's Day um, going over to see my granddad who was in a nursing home around the corner from the house and being like, hmm, maybe something is starting, maybe something it isn't. Um, and then I remember being in the middle of my dinner on St. Stephen's Day and being like, yeah, my sister was like, you're definitely in labor, Claire, definitely in labor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, when someone's really, you're like, no, just leave me alone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was kind of when I realized that, yeah, probably finally something was kicking off, thank God, because it was, I think it was a full over, well over a full week over then at that stage. Um. So yeah, so then I I think Damien wasn't there actually, um, because we'd had Christmas dinner with my mum and dad, so he'd gone to his parents for Christmas or for St Stephen's Day, and I hadn't really fancied going, um, so I just said no, I'm going to stay at home at the time. We were still building the house, so we were living with my mum and dad, um, so um, yeah, I stayed at home. So I kind of texted him, kind of at about I don't know seven-ish, and it was like maybe you might want to think about coming back because I think things might be getting kicked off. But then at the same time, I think I remember saying to him, but don't tell anybody in case nothing's happening. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we just kind of stayed at home in the sitting room for a while. And then kind of, I think, at about one in the morning, I think, I kind of said, right, I think maybe we should think about mm-hmm. heading in. Like, we literally, like, we're five minutes from the hospital. Like, when you're in my mum's house, you can see the hospital from my bedroom window. So, you know, literally, I could walk over. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we went over at about half one, quarter two-ish. My mum drove, drove us over, so she did. Um, yeah, and we went in, and then, so we, when we went in, we went straight into the clinic, to the to the MLU um so we went in there and we met the midwives and they did the the doppler and i think i remember i was lying there on the the bed for a while 
and um, I can remember I was looking at the clock and it was like half an hour had kind of gone by and they weren't really saying anything they just kept doing the Doppler um, and then they kind of said yeah her heart rate was not recovering well after the the, the surges um, so they said yeah I think you need to go back downstairs to the we're going to transfer you out into the consultant-led unit um, just to go on a trace was kind of the way the way they said it. Just go on the trace, see what they say, and if everything is fine, you can come back up to us. Um, so we went downstairs, and yeah, we had the trace, and it was really awful. I had a, it was all in my back, you know. It just kind of felt like you know when you're sitting still, particularly, you just it's nearly it's it's unbearable. You know, I just felt. I remember feeling like God, I really don't want to be on this bed. Um, but yeah, her heart rate was still kind of up and down. So they said, yeah, you know, you need to stay here. We're going to kind of keep a closer eye on you and stuff. Um, so that was grand. We went into the labor ward then, I think. Yeah, we did. Um, and I remember <laughs> standing at the side of the bed. And I think my mom actually was there at that time because um, she had, was going to be my birth partner as well. Um, and yeah it was really nice yeah she's just kind of she's real calm you know nothing kind of you know would phase her you know but at the same time like you know if something was going down she'd be like hey what's going on here <laughs> you know so yeah. it's kind of you know that that's kind of what I wanted so um I think all of a sudden my waters went like I remember like standing on the side of the bed and being like oh my god like what's going on <laughs> because I and think... had they checked you when you arrived initially did they see yes how they did so when I arrived um I think they said it was like somewhere in like two centimeters okay. and um yeah so then my washes went like really quickly and then all of a sudden it was like super super intense um and I think I remember, yeah, so they wanted to keep me on the continuous monitor the whole time. And I really didn't want to be on that. I think I actually had it written in my preferences that I really did not want to be on that. And um, um, yeah, so I remember, yeah, so they were like, oh, no, you need to get back up on the bed. We won't need to keep the monitor on you. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I remember, and to the day I die, I think I'd always remember um, them saying, if you don't get back up on that bed your baby's going to die um sorry so um yeah so obviously I got back up on that bed <laughs> um so um yeah so it was just really intense then because obviously I was sitting on the bed and not able to move anywhere and I think Jamie went to get the bag I feel like in the middle of it all he suddenly disappeared <laughs> to get the bag I think somebody said to him oh you know things are ramping up you need to get the bag because I don't think we'd brought it in because I think yeah I was think I was saying like no 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 don't bring it in you know we might be sent home that kind of you know didn't really want did to they, commit to it did they say that to you due to her heart rate was was she in distress at this stage or yeah I think you... she was so basically that the, her um when it when we were having a surge I think her heart rate was, was accelerating but then it wasn't recovering back to the baseline the way they wanted it to then and then I think mm-hmm. It was kind of going, I was either accelerating or decelerating. Do you know what I mean? It was never really kind of on a constant. So I think they were getting a bit worried about it, but not really explaining it very well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I didn't really understand maybe what the seriousness of it was or if 
it was serious. Do you know what I mean? I like I, I don't doubt them, but it's it's hard to know in in retrospect. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I think. Yeah, Jamie went to get the bag and then all of a sudden I was like, oh God, this baby's coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we went into the delivery suite then. So I think, yeah, um, we went in. Yeah, and then Jamie came in. So then it was really, it was just really fast and furious. Do you know that kind of a way? Like I was up on the bed and um, I think I was pushing for a while and her heart rate still wasn't recovering and there was kind of more and more people coming into the room um and the register came in and I remember at one point they were like oh you know we need to get the baby out uh you're going to need an episiotomy and I was like no no way absolutely did not want that um sorry did you have any pain relief no I had the TENS machine on I think I think I still had that on at the time um so um I think they gave me the gas and air actually but I have asthma so I kind of felt like I was actually suffocating trying to take it in I was like no this isn't I really felt yeah that it was it wasn't for me um I was literally felt like I actually couldn't breathe with it um so yeah so I think yeah they were like okay she needs to come out um and I kind of can remember them saying, oh, we can't give her an episiotomy. She doesn't want an episiotomy. And then kind of there was a, you know, oh, uh, the, the midwives that were there were, you know, well, I've had one, I've had two, you know, as if it was a rite of passage nearly. Um, so kind of, yeah, I just went, right, just, just do it, you know, if you're going to do it. So literally they just said, right, at the next surge. So that was that. Um, so they applied the Kiwi cup to get her out as well so the reg was pulling on her head and yeah so then all of a sudden she was out <laughs> it was so fast it was super fast um it was not the way you think it's going to be you know like it's going to be like a gradual ramp up it was kind of like pottering along and then wow <laughs> this baby's yeah, going now after you know the water went yeah after the water went yeah it was just like boom um but I know now three babies in that that's the way things go for me <laughs> and so yeah so she came out and I think I was in shock I think Jamie was in shock as well we were both kind of like I, mean, I think we had we had on our birth preferences that um Jamie was going to tell us um if it was a girl or a boy we hadn't just found out in the scan mm. and I can remember just looking at her and being like I think I was just stunned. I was like, what is this baby? Oh. <laughs> I think I was actually like, oh my God, it's an actual baby. <laughs> I don't know what I thought was in there. But, um, and I think I actually remember them saying like, look, it's it's a girl. And I think I thought it had been, it was going to be a boy. I think maybe that's why I was so shocked. Um, there's a lot of girls in my family. And I think I kind of said, oh, I'll definitely be the one now who'll get the boy. And so I think I was like, oh my goodness you know um oh, it was just it was fabulous like there's just nothing like that you know when you see her for the first time it was it was just it was amazing so um yeah so I think then they they clamped the cord and stuff and um oh they took her away then for a few minutes I think because of the um assisted 
delivery. I think they, the pediatrician was there and he wanted to check her out. And they put her under the heat lamp as well because they said she was quite pale. Um, and actually, I think that went on for the few days that we were in hospital. They kept coming over every now and again saying, oh, God, she's very pale. We need to heat her up. And I was kind of like, look at me. <laughs> I'm like translucent. <laughs> you know, so. Um, oh, you're colouring. Yeah, my colouring. I'm oh, very, okay. very pale. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I, like, I, I don't tan at all. I'm super, super pale. So I was kind of like, look at her colouring and look at my colouring. We're, you know, pretty much identical. So, um, How yeah. did you feel then? considering you it, it was quite a quick birth and you know it was wasn't necessarily what you planned or thought would have happened um I think at the time I was just so happy that she was out that we had her um and um like I felt like superwoman do you know what after it I was like look at me look what I did look look at this baby <laughs> um but I think as time has gone on um I think, you know, that there was a lot that I wasn't happy with in terms of the interventions um, and, and the way information was relayed to us or not relayed to us as, as the case may be. So um, I think if, you know, if I was doing it again, first birth all over again, I think I would have liked to have been a lot more vocal. I think, you know, as first time parents, we were kind of like, oh, look, they know, you know, you're, you're trusting that the, the medical people there know what's best do you know what I mean and I think now like even just if somebody had just said look why don't we change position do you know what I mean that things might have been a bit easier but anyway look um it is what it is yeah I think a, a lot of us would have um preferred to use our voice a lot more in our first first birth but as you said you don't know you just go with the flow because you know, uh, we've never done it before no you know, never done it before exactly <gasps> exactly they see it day in day out you know what I mean so um yeah but you know um how long were you in hospital then how many days did you spend in there? we were in for so she was born at half five in the morning so we were there that night and then the following night so we were only two days and then we were okay. home again so it was grand um yeah, and it was just perfect. She was brilliant. She's mm -hmm. a great baby. They're, they're all great babies, but yeah, she was particularly great. <laughs> 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 yeah, so she was, you know, she was. We were delighted. We were still delighted with her, you know. Um, but um, yeah, so, th so that was basically like Olivia. Then we were three. So And uh, then when did you decide to try for baby number two? What was the age gap there? Um, so we have just over two years between them. So Olivia's December and then Jonah was born in March. So um, I don't think we actually made a conscious decision to say, right, we're going to have baby number two. Um, I think we just kind of said, sure, we'll see what happens type thing. And it happened. And, you know, we were delighted and really, really lucky. I think, you know, was how I felt. It was like, oh, my God, you know, that we've had one really uneventful pregnancy and you know and to have been pregnant again so easily um when other people you know struggle so much um it was a blessing and I think I felt really for the first kind of 12 weeks and um, I remember like feeling really like can this be real like can we be that lucky again you know the second time around when you hear so many different 
stories and different experiences, you know. Um, but yeah, we were really lucky. And um, again, we had a really uneventful pregnancy, except I was shattered with the toddler as <laughs> and I was working full time as well um, and traveling up and down to Dublin every day. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was grand. And it, once again, so we went with the MLU again. So I think we did talk about a home birth or I definitely mentioned it and Damien kind of shot me down so I think he was kind of a bit shocked after Olivia's birth and I think he really wanted he likes the idea of you know that you have the midwifery unit which is kind of nearly as good as a home birth but if anything happens you have you know the NICU and everything is is on standby mm. if you need it. Um, so yeah, so we went for um, the MLU again, and um, yeah, it was it was grand. Um, so I think I'd had like, so again he was over. Um, I think he was six days over. So I think I'd had a sweep on the. He was born on a Monday, so I think on the Saturday. Yeah, on the Saturday, I'd gone in for an appointment and um, I think I'd had a sweep then and just kind of, I was feeling a bit like, God, is this baby ever going to come out? Um, So, um, yeah, I had a sweep and I think then I got up on the Sunday morning early, like in the middle of the night, kind of, I could kind of feel niggling. Just, I'm not a great sleeper. I sleep even worse in pregnancy. I'm literally like an insomniac I don't sleep at all so I was awake and I think I got up and I had a shower or something ridiculous at like three o'clock in the morning and kind of was getting surges on and off and I go back to bed and I get up again and then so that kind of continued for all of Sunday so I kind of felt like something was going to happen and I remember I rang my sister and got her to take Olivia I just kind of felt that it would be better if she wasn't there that I'd be able to kind of concentrate a bit more Um, I think before she went though I had a bath because I remember her being in the bath with me and being like oh, oh lovely <laughs> yeah it was really nice I was like oh it's the last time you know her little world is about to kind of change <laughs> with a, with a yeah. massive what bang um, it's really emotional when you know when you know because I didn't know that like my that putting Oliver to bed that night was going to be the last night of me doing it because I went into labor then that night so I think if I had known I would have been a mess yeah I know so very emotional it is yeah I was kind of like oh god and I have a little picture of her sitting on the couch um that I took of her and I was like oh god bless her but uh, (laughs) um yeah so she went so then we were just kind of in the house for the whole day I kind of they were coming they were going they weren't really getting into a pattern and then around about later in the evening I can't remember what time it was now but I said to Damon Damon was timing them away with his watch I was like yeah great <laughs> so we said um yeah we'd go in um so I think I rang them and they was like shift change and they said well if you come in maybe in an hour um I, and we'll check you down so um I think we went in at about nine and um it was actually the same midwife um that had been there when we when we had gone into the to the MLU um on Olivia's birth she happened to be there again um, and she's so nice and so I think she checked me then and I was probably I was only two so again gone in and only two um and so then I think they could the, the surges started getting really irregular like you know they had been very regular at home and then when we got in they were kind of 
one every six minutes then it would kind of go one every 10 minutes and it went on for a good while um, and I think I remember at one point I got into the pool I think I just wanted a break I don't think like it was you know to speed anything up or anything I think I was just knackered <laughs> I was like you know I just would like to just sit <laughs> for a few minutes so um yeah so I got into the pool for a while and um I got back out then because I think it was slowing everything down rather than trying to kickstart everything so I remember um the midwife Fiona saying maybe just have a rest because I'd been kind of awake nearly for 24 hours at that stage because I'd really had such a bad night's sleep the night before and um so kind of in between contractions I was trying to have a little snooze on the bed and I think that really did work actually because then like literally I'd say after about half an hour of that it was like back to all systems go do you know what I mean so it literally you know was like from grand to transition in like five minutes <laughs> so um I think it was on the birth ball then I could, the only way I felt comfortable was leaning over the the ball on the floor I was kneeling on the floor over the ball and so did uh, you have back labor again this time then as well no not particularly no I just remember I just felt like that was kind of the best position to be in um and I think they brought over the gas at one point um and again, I felt like I was suffocating, so I kind of, they kind of took it away. Um, but I remember I had said, I had in my prefer- preferences that I didn't want any internal exams, that I wanted them to use, you know, the purple line. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were really great. She kept looking, <laughs> looking for that the whole time. And I remember her saying to me, you know, Claire, that, that line you've been looking for now, all night is there. So let's go. <laughs> um, and yeah so I think I was kneeling on the ball and again I was like oh god this baby's coming out (laughs) and um she said yeah I think we might just change the position she said it might just be better so I think they got the birth stool out and we went over so I remember I was sitting on that and then Jamie was in the chair behind me kind of holding me up and my mom was there as well actually um because again I wanted her there as well so um she was kind of sitting kind of behind me as well when I was holding her hand and um yeah he was uh, like just you know the usual push and uh yeah I can remember his head coming out because I can remember I could feel it you know that in out I was like mother of god why is this baby head not coming out (laughs) and um all of a sudden his head was out and I can remember saying stop 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 don't don't do anything and literally I didn't do anything but he just went out and he just fell on the floor <laughs> oh, did he? he did well, obviously it wasn't very far then they had mats and everything yeah. down but I remember kind of in the back of my mind saying because I always think like giving birth is like an out-of-body experience you know it's you but it's kind of like you're watching it do you know what I mean? That's how I always yeah. feel anyway. It's like you're you're nearly you're watching yourself and going. Um, so I can remember in my kind of days state thinking, did he just fall on the floor? <laughs> and to be fair, they scooped him up really quickly and nothing was ever said. <laughs> but so I thought for a while in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe that was just my mind. But um my mom says, no, no, no. She remembers that she looked 
over at Damien and was like with this look of shock on her face. Did that just happen? Did that just <laughs> yeah. happen? And she said she realized from the look on his face as well that yes, it had just happened. It was probably a split second though. He was. It was, was it literally was. Yeah. I think it was just that, you know, ejection reflex, literally um, yeah. just boom, he was out. Um, and I think I remember, yeah, for the whole evening I had been saying, they, they kept saying, oh, do you know if it's a girl or a boy? So we'd had a surprise again. And I kept saying, no, I said, but it definitely has to be a boy because a girl wouldn't put her mother through this. <laughs> so I remember when, she, when he was born, the, the midwives uh, were like, oh, look, look, it's a boy. <laughs> so I remember being like, oh, my God. Uh, and he was just perfect. And I think we thought he was smaller than Olivia. So Olivia was seven pounds, three ounces, and he was seven pounds, ten. But he just looked so much tinier. He was a tiny little head and he was all his skin was all dry because he was a, that bit overdue Um, his little, little nails were really long as well Um, yeah. but yeah uh, yeah we were delighted with them as well we were really really over the moon <laughs> and so you didn't have an episiotomy or any any nothing no it was okay. it was such a, it was um it was such a healing birth I think I really felt yeah listen to they had really like read my birth preferences which weren't anything crazy either do you know what I mean but just kind of you know the usual you know you want to be upright and active um you know minimal internal exams and all of that you know I definitely had written on it no episiotomy um and um yeah I just yeah it was really they just listened to us and they you know gave us they just let us do our own thing, do you know what I mean? And and just kind of uh, let us get on with it, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was such a healing, healing birth is, is the way I would describe it, you know, and I just, yeah, it's brilliant. And did you prepare for your birth? Because did you do any, um, sounds like you did. Yes, you so did I did. Yeah. So, um, so on Olivia, I didn't really. I had kind of you know at last minute Harry had decided in the last say two weeks that I should have done some sort of hypnobirthing so I think I'd gotten one or two of the gentle birth CDs and I was kind of playing them but not really paying much attention to them and then for Jonah I think I really was like no I don't want to have that same experience again so I really did I had I think by that stage they were on an app and not the CDs so um I had the app on my phone and I was listening to it every night um before I went to bed and all of that you know I was really into it and I'd done kind of all of my you know I not so much research but you know into kind of best practice and things so um mm-hmm. yeah I had put a lot of time into kind of making sure we had a voice this time around um and kind of prepping Damien as well you know to say hang on what's going on <laughs> you know before anything happens you know just to give us that breathing space to say okay we're going to make a decision but let's just have a minute you know um yeah. but thankfully now look we didn't need anything any of it really well obviously the gentle birth was great for just keeping your head in the zone and stuff but um yeah it, I, it, it couldn't have gone better now I really was really happy with it it was just mm-hmm. yeah brilliant and the recovery was so much much easier um so I think I stayed a night in it so I go home the day after yeah so he was born again at half five in the morning they like to come in the morning um so I did stay that night I think yeah I just just stayed the one night yeah because they came and collected me then the next day uh, once he'd had his 24-hour checks and stuff and then the midwives once you've had your baby 
in the MLU, the midwives will actually come out to the house um, okay. afterwards. For, for the week afterwards, they come out, I think, two or three times. And then they kind of, the days they don't come, they ring you, you know, to check who, how you are. So they came and they did the heel prick in the house and everything. So it was great to not have to go anywhere. Um, yes, it was it was perfect. So it was, um, yeah, big advocate. And did you, yeah, there's not enough of them. No, there's right. not, you yeah. know, that's, you know, I don't understand if you have a maternity unit, you have already have the midwives there. So, I mean, why can't you have the midwifery led clinic at the same time? Yeah. You know. And it would take and the pressure off the consultants as well. It would, yeah, yeah. And yet at the same time, there's so many restrictions on when you can go into an MLU, do you know what I mean? Um, like if you have any sort of... um even a low risk you know if you have anything outside of the outside of what the class is the normal you're kicked out kind of straight away uh, you know back to the to the consultant unit um you know i think the restrictions are probably there you know up in around the similar to what they are for if you want a hse home birth yeah and um, they're very they're very restrictive um but we're very lucky that it is there so then do you want to talk us through your just you touched on home birth there so you had thought about um home births for your third pregnancy hadn't you yeah so actually for me we had a home birth booked so we didn't originally so um because we'd had such a great experience in the MLU with Donal we said we would go back down that road again I don't I think I did discuss it because I can definitely remember discussing it with my GP when I went to see her first because it was the whole thing about you know the, the GPs can't um look after you because of their insurance if you have a home birth so I remember definitely remember talking to her about that um so I think we just said oh sure look we'll go back to the MLU again um and so yeah so things were very uneventful in that pregnancy as well up until 32 weeks um so I had a low-lying placenta so and I'd had the same O'Donnell so um I just had to go for a scan you know just to check that the placenta had moved um, but while I was there, they also did a growth scan. So um, the Lords are using this um, growth chart. So I think they're at the minute, they're the only ones, or certainly in April, they were the only ones who are using this chart. So basically, it, it's a customized chart that comes from the Perinatal Institute. And it's based on your, um, your height, your weight, uh, your ethnicity, um, I think does your age come into it? I'm not 100 sure now. Um, and then the weights, if you've had previous births, the weights of those babies, and then it basically it plots kind of where they expect that you this baby to to lie in terms of weight. Um, so when they did the growth scan, so every time you go basically and they measure the height of the fundus, they they record on it this chart where the weight of the baby is. Um, so when they did the growth scan. Um, she was under the 10th centile. So the sonographer just kind of came out and said it kind of very like nonchalantly, like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It said, oh, they'll explain it to you in the MLU. So I had the scan and then I had an appointment the same day. So um, when I went in, they just kind of went through the appointment normally. And then they just said, look, she's under the 10th centile. So we have to send you back now down to the obstetrician to get them to have a look at it. And I remember her, she just kept saying, oh, they'll make a plan for you. And um, I really didn't 
like the sound of that oh we'll make a plan for you um so I don't know if I had like some sort of intuition or something I just felt like this was going to be bigger than me um so I remember so I think I had that was like in evening time so I think the next day I kind of said right I was going to finish work um even though I wasn't due to finish work for quite some time um I just felt like this was going to be more than just oh she's below the 10th centile I don't I don't know I can't really explain how, why I felt mm. like that I just felt like I wasn't going to be able to do both um so I finished work and then on the Thursday we went back to the clinic and they kind of just said oh she's under the 10th centile so that's a that's an in in, in um uterine growth restriction so I UGR um is what they call it so I was more concerned with getting back to the MLU, you know, I was like, so I really did not want to be in the consultant led unit um, because of what happened with Olivia. Um, and they were like, no, no, we go for scan in another two weeks. So they do a growth scan every two weeks. They don't do it every week because they like to leave it so that there's um, space, obviously, for the bit time for the baby to, to grow. So they said, look, we'll see. The, um, the register actually was really nice that day. And she was like, look, I know what you're saying. But I, you know, we'll see. And if the baby is back on the 10th centile or higher, then you can go back to the MLU. Um, so when we went back in two weeks, we kind of just spent two weeks at home. And this is before lockdown, I think. Yeah, it was. This was like the end of February, start of March. Um, so I kind of just spent the time kind of resting and doing everything I could <laughs> to try and make this baby bigger. <laughs> So when we went back, she was still below the 10th centile. And um, I think was that the last appointment that Damon came with me for? Because then they, they started this, you know, that no partners could come. Um, I can't remember. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. And so I had kind of, I had kind of nearly already gotten it in my mind that we weren't going to be going back to the MLU. So I was kind of like, right, well, if we're going to stay in the consultant, then I'm kind of want to lay the law down now as to what I want. Um, so I had my birth preferences and I think I said, look, can we discuss them? And um, the register was really dismissive of them. Like... So I think I had on it, I had, um, I would like to be upright and mobile. Um, and she said, well, you can't stand up for a cesarean section. And I was kind of like, what has that got to do with this at all? Like, we're not at a point of, obviously, you can't stand up for a section, but like we're not discussing a section. I don't understand why this is now. And I remember then I had the same thing in, I didn't want any um, internal examinations. I wanted to use the line and she said, I think she rang the labor ward actually. She didn't know what it was. I knew it was apparent from her. She did not know what the Hobbs line was. And um, she said. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. She rang the labor ward to ask them about it and she just put the phone down and said, oh yeah. We don't use that anymore. I was like, women's bodies haven't just stopped <laughs> doing what they've always done. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, and... So it didn't seem to be any alternatives with her. It was just like, just Yeah, it was, you know, virus. this is the yeah. way we do it. You know, I think I actually, because I, I remember I looked at Damien because, you know, I can be um, quite extreme maybe, you know, when, I, when I'm focused on something, do you know what I mean? So I was kind of remember looking at him to see was was I taking the too far? Do you know what I mean? Was I, yeah. you know? And I could see from his face that he was also like, "What is this woman talking about?" Do you know what I mean? So um, I can remember saying to her, "Well, it's it's my vagina, and you need your permission to put your hand in there. And I'm not giving it," you know. So um, so then it came on to the topic of induction. So they really were really, really pushing for induction really early, like from kind of they, they'd started kind of from the original um, diagnosis, if you like, of this IUG, or they really were saying, you know, you need to be induced. And I kept saying, I don't want to be induced. You know, the, fair enough that the baby is measuring small, but everything was was still looking OK. So the scans were all fine. The, the, the fluid levels were fine. The everything, you know, that they look at was grand I was still feeling plenty of movement and things so I just kind of was like no I don't want to uh, be induced and they were kind of like well when are you going to agree to it and I was kind of like never <laughs> you know when I go into labor then maybe I think about it but um I just kept saying no and um they just kept saying you know if you don't you know, they're back to playing this, the whole, the dead baby card again, you know, that if you don't, you know, your baby's going to die, you know, and I, I, I can't explain what it was like listening to that week in, week out for eight weeks, you know, and on my own, because obviously then COVID kicked off in the middle of all of it. Um, and uh, 
Damien couldn't come with me to appointments anymore. So, um, so I think at about 36 weeks, um, we decided that we would have a look at the home birth. So, um, I'm actually really lucky that, um, I know Mary, um, from Judah Care Ireland. So I had been kind of talking to her, um, just, you know, about had she any experiences with people who might have had this you know and where could I find information on it and things and she had suggested would you not consider the home birth you know um so I kind of said it to Damien again and he's you know with the look can we just talk to them and see what they say type thing you know and um he said yeah sure so um we're really lucky so obviously I knew it wasn't going to be a HSE home birth because there's no way they would have let me anywhere near it um so um we contacted private midwives ireland um and i think we spoke then to gail um and i feel like it was a sunday evening or something i feel like it was totally a random time like when you think people aren't working <laughs> you um, actually i spoke to someone yesterday and she's like i spoke to gail on a sunday <laughs> well, yeah same. i think it was like a sunday <laughs> evening i remember like yeah we put the kids to bed and we had like a conference call with her and you know we kind of explained the situation from our end and she um explained like you know all about the home birth and stuff um so I think it was actually St Patrick's Day she came to the house then for like our first appointment and because obviously St Patrick's Day wasn't happening we weren't going anywhere (laughs) it was just nice um and I just remember just feeling like oh I just felt she's so calm so she is, she's just, she's such, such a lovely presence about her. She's just, nothing phases her. She's just calm and she's measured and it's, she's just, and she just makes you feel like she's listening to you. Do you know what I mean? Even if she's, you know, got a hundred things that she's doing, you know, but she's, she's listens, um, which for me was, you know, a really big thing. I just really wanted to felt, feel that people were actually listening to what I had to say. Um, and sorry, did you um, speak to the hospital at this stage to let them know what your plans No, so were? no point did I actually ever tell them that we were planning a home birth. So um, when we kind of discussed it with Gail, um, so she suggested that we would continue to go to the hospital appointments um, because she felt that it was best, uh, because actually the private midwives Ireland used the same growth chart. Um, and so they were obviously they were plotting it as the weeks were going on as well and she was still under the 10th centile even with them but um so yeah so gail had suggested that we continue to go to the appointments so that we would have kind of all of the information available to us you know in terms of the scans and things so um yeah so i was still going so i was going once a week um up until i think 30 weeks so if I so I go to the clinic every two weeks and then on the weeks that I wasn't in the clinic I would have a scan and then I would go to the day unit um, and be seen by whatever doctor was in the day unit at the time and that was actually nearly harder going to the day unit because you didn't know who was going to be in there which reg was going to be in there and I mean some of them were absolutely lovely Um, like I can remember one saying to me um, oh you know as a doctor I have to advise you this way but if you were my sister, I tell you to keep doing what you're doing. You know, so that was it. That just, you know, makes you feel kind of like, okay, that's fine. You know, you know, you've got all yeah. of the information to hand, you know, and then there was others, 
you know, that were like, oh, no, 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 you need to come for induction now, you know, if you don't come. Um, there's obviously, you know, going to be disastrous consequences. Um, so, yeah, so I, I didn't see the consultant, I think, until 38 weeks. Um, so in the meantime, Gail was coming and then actually Gail had to stop for two weeks um, because she wasn't feeling very well. So Liz, she she came instead um, for a few for two weeks, I think. And then Gail came back. Um, so I didn't actually see the consultant in the hospital until 38 weeks. And she was actually kind of on the same page as me. Um, so I think one of the things that I really didn't like was they kept pushing for induction, but they never kind of um, tallied the risks of induction versus the risks of not inducing. Um, okay. So... It, there was very much an emphasis on if you don't induce, this is what's going to happen. Um, and I think it was with her, she was, you know, she said that the consultant herself said, you know, why are you so reluctant to, to induce? And I said, well, you know, no one's gone through the actual risks of induction or even what the induction process is. Um, so I really don't feel comfortable with it. Um, so she did go through the risks, you know, that like one in five inductions would end in a section. And, you know, I forget however many um, failed to, or a failed induction. I really hate that word, failed induction. It makes it feel like it's a failure on the part of the lady and it's absolutely not. Um, so she kind of said, yeah, that's grand. I'm happy for you too kind of not be induced at the minute and just keep coming to the to the clinic um, and she actually wrote in my notes patient categorically declines induction so I kind of think I felt after that 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 would be the end of it you know once she I had seen her and stuff but it, it wasn't at all so I think then um they so I think then they said I needed to come twice a week for a scan um so I think for the last two weeks I was going on a Monday and on a Thursday and it was a nightmare. Oh, it was an absolute nightmare going in and sitting on my own, waiting. Yeah, so um, I think, did I have another scroll scan at the day before my due date? So I think I was due on a Friday. And I think the day before I went for another scan. At this time, um, they said that I had oligohydramnios as well. So they said that the fluid levels were gone down and they were really, um, yes, yeah, so this was Easter weekend. I was due on Easter weekend. And so they really wanted me to come in on like the next day, I think, yeah, on, on my due date. So I went into the clinic on a Thursday and the register was like, no, 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 you need to come in now. And I kept saying, no. And, and like that, not really giving you the why you need to come in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I kept saying, well, no, Tuesday. And she kept saying, no, 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 that's too late, too late. And I kept saying, well, no, <laughs> because I still feel fine. I felt that everything was okay. And I really didn't want to commit to anything without Damien there, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I remember I texted him and he was great. He was such a great support through it all. Um, and I remember I texted him and I was like, they really want to induce now. And he texted me back and he said, don't agree to anything. Just come home and we'll discuss it together. And I was like, right. Okay. And I just felt empowered by that. You know what I mean? That I could 
do that and go home to him. Um, Because obviously he was right. They need your consent for everything. But I did feel like, okay, he gets where I'm coming from. So um, I think she went and she got another consultant. She actually got whoever the consultant was that was on on duty at the time. um, Because she kept saying, I'm not taking responsibility for this. And I was kind of like, I'm not asking you to take responsibility for it. You know, so... um, yeah, so he came down and um, he was kind of like, okay, yeah, come for Tuesday. He was like, yeah, I think you're, you know, got a level head. You know, if there's anything changes, come in. But if everything is okay, you're feeling lots of movement, we can wait till Tuesday. So I think the induction then was booked for Tuesday. And then the, what they were saying was that they would use a pro-pass um, passery. So that's kind of, they don't expect you to give birth then until the following day so I think the day after the Tuesday was my actual birthday so um they were all like oh you'll have your baby on your birthday type thing and I was like yeah grand (laughs) just get me out of here Mm. so I remember I got home and I was just so upset I can remember just sitting on the end of the bed and I was just in floods of tears because I just felt like how many hurdles had we got to overcome do you know what I mean just to um just to just to get to, to having her do you know what I mean it just felt like it was really hard so I remember Gail came in and she said look I think she come a couple of times over the weekend I can't remember but like she was really like right let's get us into action she got like um there's a really lovely um reflexologist in in Drada called Lisa Heaney and I had been going to her and she got her she's an aromatherapist as well so she went and she got like oils off her because nobody was doing anything because it was the middle of COVID so I couldn't go to anything do you know what I mean there was no reflexology there was no nothing um so she she knows Lisa so she got um a blend of like these oils off her um and clary sage yeah well i think yeah. i had that all right i was eating dates like you've oh, never yeah. seen a woman eat it fair play <laughs> i couldn't do it I, oh i love dates but i actually can't oh. look <laughs> like, God, no no dates but um i was like doing anything i could think of to i was like having baths i was walking i was eating the dates um i was doing the pressure points um I think Gail, did she do a sweep? I can't remember if she did a sweep or not. She did a couple of sweeps over the next two weeks. Um, but we did, yeah, so literally bar stand on my head. I did did it to try and get it. So, but um, what was so great about having Gail there was she was like, okay, you don't have to go for the induction. You know, so she's like, she was giving you options, which I felt that the hospital weren't giving me. So she was like, so go in in the morning when you're when you're due to go in for the induction don't go in but you could go into the labor ward that day get a ctg check that everything is okay see if they will give you another scan to see have the levels risen and um, because there's different reasons why your water levels can be lower you know if it's first thing in the morning if it's a different um even if it's a different like scanning machine that they've used to the one that they ordinarily use um, all these different reasons so she's kind of like go and see what things are like on Tuesday and make your decision then. So I was like, okay. So I went in, I think I felt like they were going, I was awake really early that morning, like as if they were going to call me and be like, why are you not here? <laughs> and they didn't. It's like calling sick to work. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like, um, and I remember I rang them, I think at about, I don't know, half eight or something. Cause I waited, I think until the shift change again. And, um, I rang and I was like, oh yeah, I was supposed to come for induction today. And they were kind of like, oh, right. 
are you coming? But they weren't too fussed about the fact that I wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I said, well, no, I don't really want to be induced today. But if it's okay, I'd like to just come in and maybe discuss the options. So that was grand. So I went in and um, I had a CTG and that was fine. And the register came down and she was, I think they were all kind of like, well, why don't you want to be induced? I just really don't want to be induced. I'd like to, you know, wait you know I just kept saying oh like I've been over on my other pregnancies and you know I just like to give my myself some more time and um so the registrar came down and um I had in the back of my mind about the scan I was like I really wanted the scan just to see would the the levels increase um and she was adamant that she didn't want to give me a scan so she kind of went through the whole induction process which nobody had really done so they'd given me a leaflet and it basically I think at the point at which it says like what if it doesn't work they went oh it just said on the leaflet the team will talk to you about this then so I I like to be fore, forewarned about everything so mm -hmm. I was kind of saying to her so what happens excuse me when you get the propest and she was like so you get the propest that's left in I think she said for 24 hours and then they take that out and hopefully you've gone into labor. And if you haven't, I think she's saying, then you give you something else for six hours. And then, you know, you get so long, you know, because everything is timed, you know, because babies obviously, you know, are born with a watch. Um, you know, and then she was like, oh, so you'll have like X amount of time. And then, you know, you break your waters. And then this is what happens. And I was kind of like, I could just see the snowball of intervention that I really didn't want. Um, and I just was like, right, okay. So I think I went out, I remember I went out and I hid in the toilet. This is ridiculous. 35 year old woman hiding in the toilet um, so that I could talk to Gail on the phone. <laughs> I rang her to, you know, to try and update her on the, on the thing because I think she was gone too because I now had both the IUGR diagnosis and the oligohydramnios. She was gone to to check with her manager if she could continue to support us in a home yeah. birth. Um, so I was kind of talking to her about kind of next steps, and she kind of said, "Look, see if you can get the scan." And I was like, "Right, okay." So I went back in and I just said to the reg, "Look, we don't want to have an induction today. We consider it later in the week, but for now, I would like a scan to see." Um, if the levels have increased um, so she did reluctantly do a scan and the levels had gone off they'd gone back up to six or seven I think mils, uh, millimeters so um, that put me out of the oligohydramnios category um, so Gail I just remember I text Gail and she was like that's perfect that's that's absolutely fine with me we're we're back on so I was just like, right, okay, see us now. I'm I'm away. <laughs> so um, I think we arranged for the Thursday or for the. No, maybe I'm mixing up my weeks here now. Oh, I can't remember now. But um, no, I remember we arranged. I think then we said like a Thursday or something. I remember that there was a there was definitely another induction booked. I think, and the same story. I just. I was talking to Gail and I just remember saying to her, I can't actually go into the hospital. I literally cannot go in. I just feel like my mental health is depleted. Like mm. there's nothing left at this point. I cannot go in. Um, because actually I'm forgetting that when I went in on the Tuesday for the induction that I didn't have, 
um, in order to leave, they asked me to sign a waiver effectively saying that should anything happen, it was on my head that I was going with a, against medical advice. Um, so I just, I, yeah, so I can just remember saying to Gail, I just, I can't do it. I need a break. There's no way I'm going to go into labor this stressed out. I was no. so, Impossible. so stressed. Yeah, I was so stressed out. So, um, uh, sorry, this is a very long one. <laughs> it's not at all. It's, no, the detail is interesting. Uh, so, um, yeah, so there, there was another day booked and I can just remember, I just said, no, I'm not going. I'm just not going and uh, like thinking that again like they're going to ring me and be like why are you not coming and I think they did ring me at some point and um I just said no look I've decided I'm just going to not come in thanks very much um you know I just I feel fine I really just don't want to I need a break I think that was the day of my birthday actually I was like no I just I I need to have my birthday (laughs) yeah I need to sit at home and have cake and just you know be with you know the kids and and my husband and not think about you know all of this stuff yeah um and I remember actually the one of the registers rang me um just to kind of go through it and he was so nice oh he was so lovely um and I'd actually seen him in the clinic actually and he was really nice and he was like look that's grand he was like look have your time you know you know I'm happy this I've looked at your notes the scans have been fine so look you know he obviously he went through you know obviously if there's any you know demise in in the the fetal movements or anything if you feel worried at all please come in but you know and I think he arranged then for me to come to the clinic the day unit I don't know was it a day or two days later um so that was grand so I went off and I had my birthday and I don't think I went in then on the I think then I started a habit of just not going um so I don't can't remember if I went in I definitely know that there was two re- t- times when I didn't go in and one of them was definitely to the day unit um where I just said no I'm not going in um so then by then I think I was well over a week over then at that point and then um Gail god bless her she was in and out thankfully she lives literally 10 minutes from our house oh, of <laughs> Yeah, so she was in and out, like, um, it wasn't a big deal, thankfully, for her to, you know, come up the road to us, um, and so she was in and out, she was great, and the kids just love seeing her coming in, so I had them all prepped for this home birth, um, and I remember I kept saying to Damon, I was like, I just, I had this doubt, I think, at this point, about the home birth, time was ticking on, and nothing was happening, and um, he kept saying, no, 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 we're definitely going to have it, and we had everything, he was great, he had me, like, print out, um, like affirmations and we had them yeah. you know up that we were going to you know, we had this like home birth kit that we were going to whip out um at the time and I had I'd actually unpacked the, my hospital bag so I had had a hospital bag packed and I'd unpacked it um because I just said that I need to not have that in my eye line I knew where everything was if we did need it um but I'd unpacked that bag and um I think then so then on the Sunday night yeah so I think I was 40 and 10 then um I went to bed and um normally Maeve would be doing a lot of movement I'd feel loads of movement at night time and she wasn't moving and I remember I was like lying there 
and I was doing everything. I was twisting, I was turning, I was prodding her. I was just trying to get her to move. And of course, nothing was happening. And Damien came in and because it was late, it was much later than I think that I'd normally have gone to bed. <laughs> and like it was 12 o'clock, I think. And I was like, look, I just don't feel like this is right. I feel like there's something wrong. And Damien was like, look, just ring Gail. And he was like, she won't mind. It's I know it's 12 at midnight, but she won't, you know. So I rang her and to be fair to pray to her, she sounded like she was fresh as a daisy, like it was nine o'clock in the morning. If somebody rang me at midnight, I'd literally be like half dead on the phone. <laughs> she was like, hi. It's like, no, I'm not in labor. Yeah. <laughs> so I explained, this, <laughs> I explained the situation to her and she said, look, just go in and get checked to be on the safe side. So I rang, rang the hospital and I went in. And, and again, of course, Damien can't come in with me either because COVID is still on. And so he literally, he sat in the car park. Um, and like, I, I, I don't know what the effect on his mental health was either. Like watching your wife going up and not knowing, you know, either way. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I went up and there was such a lovely, lovely midwife on and um she actually she knew gail um because at this point i still had told nobody in the hospital that i was having a home birth and um they put me on the monitor and of course you know everything was grand she was started moving away the second i sat on the bed you know made a total liar out of me <laughs> out of me um yeah you know um so um i remember i did tell tell her that that midwife Eva, i think was her name um that you know this is to be a home birth and she was such an advocate as well she was like oh that's brilliant and gail is so wonderful and she actually was then we were talking about this this chart which has been the the source of all of my um woes and um so the whole time what gail and what liz was saying from private midwives was that yes she was a small baby but neither my other two babies were massive babies they were all i think olivia was a, an 11th centile baby and um Jonah was the 12th centile so not massive babies mm. either and so they just said as long as she keeps growing she's actually just a small baby there's not so they were saying that that doesn't categorize as an as a restricted growth um and then when I was in the hospital then sorry um what this midwife was saying was that since they had introduced this chart um that their number of inductions has gone through the roof and that the number of babies admitted to the NICU had also gone up because women are being induced, you know, so early and babies are obviously, they're not ready for it, you know, or there's risks associated, you know, obviously when you induce a baby, um, if they're not necessarily ready. So um, she was kind of like, no, 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 you know, go for your home birth, you know, and, and stuff. So I think I stayed in that night um, so I kind of really wanted to go home, but they were kind of like, look, if you just stay, have a scan, see the consultant, and then you can be kind of on your merry way, you know, that kind of a way. So I was mm. like, right, I didn't really want to stay, excuse me, but I just said, right, okay, look, if it's a means to an end. So um, I stayed, but of course I didn't sleep at all. Um, Damon went home. Um, and so then another register comes down that morning I think I went for a scan that morning and everything was fine again do you know what I mean I still had like an eight out of eight um, biophysical score and um, they were like you know 
we want to introduce you today? I was like, absolutely no way. So I think at this point, I was kind of like, right, how long is a piece of string? At this point, we got to kind of make a decision on it. Um, so I agreed to an induction on the Wednesday. I said, no. So the, the consultant herself came down and she was like, right, what's going on? I said, look, I just don't want to do it today. I said, I will agree to an induction on Wednesday, but I have smaller children at home. I have to go home and prepare them. I can't just not come home. Mm. You know, I, I felt, plus I felt I needed to prepare myself, Yourself, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, so it was agreed. And again, I had to sign again to say that if there's something happens you know I've gone home against medical advice um, and that really gets my goat um, it seems like you needed you needed someone to sit down with you and your husband for an hour or two hours whatever it was and just discuss everything so if you if you were induced at 36 weeks and if the baby did have to go to NICU what would that look like exactly you know, everything. And, and they don't give you that information do you know what I mean and I don't yeah. know is that because they don't have time mm. or is it because an element of they don't want to they have a narrative and they want you to follow that narrative yeah. um and that if you are like me that you know who needs to know and wants to know everything and wants to have your opinion counted um is there an element that they see you as um a tricky patient yeah so i went home anyway so that was the monday I went home, we kind of had the Tuesday. So I had the kids all prepped for this home birth. <laughs> we had to go home and start with, you know, a different narrative of actually um, the baby doesn't want to come out, you know, so we are going to go for an induction. Um, I'm going to now go, obviously go in and, and have the baby in hospital. Um, so I think Gail came out the night before we, I was to go in. So um, I kind of said to her, look, hopefully maybe something might happen in the next 12 hours but look I just felt and Damien felt that we really needed to have a cut off point and she said no that's grand she said I kind of felt that way too and kind of if you hadn't reached that decision yourselves I probably would have started to say that this is we need to start thinking you know there's only so far you can can kick the can down the street so yeah so Damien dropped me in at six and I went in and there was literally there was nobody in the labor ward it was so quiet um and um it, actually there was such it was such a lovely experience after such a horrid end to the pregnancy like such a stressful end um it was such an amazing birth <laughs> it was brilliant <laughs> um they brought me straight into the labor ward and there was nobody else in it. And they went basically said, oh, just pick a bed um, because you've got um, the IUG or and the oligohydramnius. We're actually going to keep you on the labor ward for the whole day rather than sending you up to antenatal ward um, just so that we can kind of keep a closer eye on you. I think then at about seven o'clock, they gave me the propess um, pessary. So they kind of said like, um, we leave that in for 24 hours so I was kind of like it's going to be you know the following day is Thursday um so I think they came around with breakfast and it was just me in there so it's just kind of my own thing so I was like right well I might as well get some sleep now since I've been up for half the night so I remember I lay down on the bed to try and sleep but I, I'm a very bad sleeper at the best of times anyway so I think I was just kind of lying there resting and um yeah so I think I had my dinner and all of a sudden I think I remember I was like starting to get 
um, surges coming. I think I remember it was about like 12 or half 12. And I was kind of going, oh, I wonder, is this normal? They told me like it was going to be tomorrow. And I was like thinking to myself, oh, God, it's going to be a really long 24 hours. You know, how am I going to sleep tonight if I'm getting these sur- surges all the time? Um, and they were coming. They weren't very strong or anything. Like, you know, they were fine, but they were coming all the time you know, every minute, I was like, what's going on? Like, why are they so quick? You know what I mean? Why, even though they weren't very strong or anything, like they were totally fine. Um, so I think they came in at some point, they, the, the midwives are coming in and out and kind of just not really doing, you know, not that they weren't really doing anything, but just like, you know, saying hello and stuff, seeing, making sure I was still there. I think, I think they must've considered me a flight risk. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so they came in and I think I said to them oh I'm starting to kind of feel something but you know I'm not really sure if anything is starting and they were like right okay and they came in I think at about quarter past three and they were like oh you're not due for the for the monitor for another half an hour but sure if we do it now you'd be off it you know by the time the half hour is comes around so I was kind of like, okay, so it was like the mobile one. So I was able to move around, which was great. Um, but kind of once it went on then, I don't know why, did they, I can't remember, did they notice a dip or something um, in her heart rate? Just briefly, um, because it was totally fine after that. But they said, oh, I think we just keep it on um, now. So which was kind of annoying for me because it kept slipping. So she kept, you know, having to hoosh it up and stuff. I am um, put on... Um, the gentle birth labor track um, in my headphones just to kind of block out um, because the midwives are coming in and out quite a bit then and I was just trying to block it out Mm. Um, and I think she said to me I had my TENS machine with me and I think about half four she said you want to put the TENS machine on and I was kind of like yeah maybe I just put it on for a bit so then yeah Zareg came in at about quarter past five half five and she said Oh, well, if I examine you, so I think when she'd taken out the pessary, sorry, I'm jumping back and forth, but when she'd taken out the pessary, she'd examine me and I was still like only kind of like one to two centimeters. And um, the reg was like, oh, you know, if I examine you, I'm going to break a waters type thing. And I was like, yeah, no, you're not. Um, you know, I said, no, I don't see any reason why you would want to break my waters. Like, I couldn't understand in my mind why she wanted to do this, like where, where it was coming from. It seemed like all of a sudden it was like, oh, we need to do this. And um, I was saying, well, no. Um, and she said, I said, if there's a reason, if there's a sign of fetal distress, if there's a sign that you need to do it, then yes, we can do it. But if there's not, then I don't see any reason to do it. So she went and I phoned Damien. <laughs> and um, I said to him, uh had a chat with the kids and I said to him yeah I think maybe you should send the kids to your mom's for another night tonight just because like they're kind of talking about breaking my waters and I'm not sure how long I'm going to be able to hold them off for but you know there's probably a chance she's going to be born tonight um and I think I was kind of having to breathe through, <laughs> through the surges at this point and um I think she kept saying to me the midwife oh are you feeling any pressure and I was like no 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 um, and I said, oh, I want to go out to the loo. So I went out to the loo and I was just kind of sitting <laughs> in the loo, like taking five, being on my own. And I was like, OK, I can't hide here <laughs> forever. I went back out. And so with the 
mobile CTG, they have to move it out of the room just to be a bit closer to you. So it doesn't have to be in the room with you, but it, like it had to be at the nurse's stations, I think, to pick up the signal from the from the loo. And um, I went back and she was like, are you all right? And I said, yeah, you know, I just kind of feel like I need to do a bowel movement, but like I don't really... <laughs> And no. she said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you think you would know, like, third baby. <laughs> so I just, and she said, oh, okay, we go to delivery. And I was kind of like, oh, oh, right, okay. And I remember in the back of my mind, I just went, oh, well, look, at least Damien can come in now. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they were kind of saying with COVID and stuff that you couldn't come until you were actually in a delivery seat. And literally in the time that it took me to walk from the front to the door, to the bed it was like oh this baby is coming I was like oh god no, no this is it and like it literally went from like again from zero to a hundred so I was on like all fours leaning over the back of the bed and Damien came in he was so great and he was you know so supportive and just kept saying you know you can do it and I was really having a wobble of like oh god I can't I can't do this I think just because it just was so intense so quickly you know like literally the minute I got up on the bed I was like oh god like it's this baby's coming <laughs> and um yeah I just remember I just keep feeling her head going in and out and I was like why is their head not coming out I, I honestly think that that gets worse the more babies you have like that happens more <laughs> than on subsequent on previous pregnancies it's like holy moly um but yeah like then all of a sudden she was out she was out in no time whatsoever and um she literally was like on the bed between my legs and I can remember looking down and the first thing I can remember thinking was oh god she is small and being like in the back of my mind they were right and um we turned her over God love her I thought she was a boy <laughs> I was like oh god it's a boy <laughs> and they were all like no 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 there go again go again and I was like oh oh yeah it's no it's a girl oh, god love her I think I called her like he for I kept going oh you poor little fella for the like first 24 hours and I was like no it's a girl stop calling her boy um but um yeah she was just yeah she's perfect tiny well, tiny for why well, I thought she was tiny. She was six pounds, four ounces. So she was a good pound smaller than um, the rest of them had been. Um, but yeah, she was, again, perfect. So she was, in, you know, absolutely just over the moon with her. Um, she was worth it all. But um, yeah, so it was just, it was over. But it was such, uh, such a great birth you know there was just it was everything that I wanted I was just doing my own thing it was quick it was I had still had the tense machine on actually because I remember like all of a sudden being like Jesus I'm being electrocuted somebody take it off <laughs> I'd forgotten it was on um yeah I remember when I turned around and I was holding her, I all of a sudden was like oh my god <laughs> somebody turn it off <laughs> but um yeah I know it was yeah it was brilliant I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your story, you're more than welcome to. Simply send me an email to irelandsbirthstories at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at irelandsbirthstories. I look forward to bringing you another episode. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.